Good evening, and welcome to the Daily Roto Podcast. Tony Sincata and Ricky Sand is with you to get you ready for Monday. When you're talking daily fantasy baseball, we've got you covered over at DailyRoto.com. We leave no stone unturned. We've got articles up there for golf, baseball, hockey, basketball. Ricky, how you doing, my man? Oh, Ricky's got a mouse. Is it a church mouse, or is it just a mouse? You never know. We'll get Ricky to uh, call in and check it out again. Tony Cicada, of course, here from DailyRoto.com as we get you ready for a big, big Monday afternoon. And what I need you to do is to make sure you guys get up and put your lineups in, especially you guys in season-long leagues, at 11 a.m. Eastern, the Patriots Day extravaganza is happening from Fenway Park where they play at 11 a.m. The New England Patriots and the Baltimore Orioles don't play. It would be the Boston Red Sox and, of course, <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles as things uh, was going a little crazy there. So uh, we'll see how that one plays out as a uh, little technical difficulties happening in the background there, and I switched back, and I was wondering, what the heck is going on here? Is it the New England Patriots? Uh, what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to get all fired up, and we're going to see if we can have our guy here. Ricky, how you doing, my man? Can you hear me now? Oh, yes, that was good. There we go. It's long time no talk, Tony, after uh, speaking with you this morning. Yes, it was amazing. Uh, I was actually just put the New England Patriots in the Patriots game tomorrow, but uh, it is Patriots Day, not the New England Patriots Day. It's like Paul Revere and the forefathers and those people that wear funny clothing. They're celebrating them and not the New England Patriots tomorrow. Ah, it's one of those holidays. Uh, I don't know much about Patriots Day. I know Columbus Day. From what I hear, you know, we are basically celebrating a guy who is not a good person. So that holiday needs to go, but, I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep my holiday straight. I actually didn't even know it was Patriots Day tomorrow, but I'm sure that's a keeper, and uh, we'll be fun to excited or excuse me, will be fun to uh, celebrate it by playing some daily fantasy baseball. Oh, uh, absolutely. So you know, it's interesting. Before we get to the baseball, I got to tell you, people with social media and and everything, people say the darndest things, and sometimes it leaves me baffled. Now. I love when people talk about an athlete does not get the credit he deserves. So Brian McTaggart, who happens to be a Houston Astros beat writer, just put on Twitter, I can't believe after the season that Jose Altuve just had that he doesn't get more credit. What exactly credit are we supposed to give him? Will we give him like an American Express? What is he in fact referring to? I have no idea. I mean, I think fantasy owners were giving him respect this year. He was yeah. going in the top 15 to 20 in drafts. I mean, I think everyone knows he's legitimate despite his small stature. I don't really know what you want us to say about a guy who's not on a good team. Obviously, that's not his fault, but, you know, he is who he is. He's a good leadoff guy. What do you want us to, What more do you need us to say about it? It was so crazy because my co-host on SiriusXM Fantasy, uh, of course, 9 to 11, Monday through Friday, is Nando DeFino. And Nando was so crazy. Nando wanted to pick this guy as early as the eighth pick in the draft. 
Yeah, so talk about respect. I mean, you can't take a guy like him much earlier than that. I mean, eighth overall, there's usually 25 rounds in a draft, so we've got him over, you know, 95 to 99% of the rest of the player pool. What what more does he want from us? All right, so I think I gave him back. I shot back an appropriate answer, I think. Uh, I wrote back to Brian McTaggart that, uh, the world has become politically correct, and is no, we no longer can talk about midgets in the open public. I think this is the problem. <laughs> there you go, there you go. We uh, we can't over talk about him, or else they'll think we're we're accounting for his height or lack thereof. Yeah. So basically, uh, I didn't get a response though on that one. <laughs> I I wouldn't sit there waiting by your computer either. All right, we'll work that one out. See, when you're small too, you can you can say these things. What the hell? You only live once. Throw it out there. The Baltimore Orioles and the Boston Red Sox go at it tomorrow. Yen Chen takes on the Boston Red Sox. Now Chen's a guy of fly ball tendencies in Fenway Park. We saw the totals go up there today. The total was at nine. Uh, We're looking at a nine in this game. Justin Masterson, who got absolutely rocked in his last game. And Masterson has huge issues with lefties in some of his previous years. Uh, Looking at this, I think we're going to have fireworks again, but it's an 11 a.m. game. How how do you account for that? Like, Can Drew Dinkmeyer and Mike Leone sit there, do their spreadsheets, and say, well, if these guys stayed out till 4 in the morning and they come (laughs) – to uh, the park for an 11 a.m. game, like it has to be some regression, doesn't there have to be? Well, if it was David Wells on the mound pitching, I think we would have to take that into consideration. Although he did throw his no hitter while drunk, so maybe yeah. you boost him after a night of boozing. But in terms of this game, <laughs> I'm not really worried about it. The only thing is, you know, if you're a late sleeper, you got to get up early for this one to see the lineups. Uh, I do think I agree with you. I think if you're going to stack a game, this is in my top two, you know, a battle of pitchers who clearly have weaknesses. We and Chen, you mentioned against righties below average, a 1-3 whip for his career, and almost a homer and a half per nine innings, which is kind of ridiculous. So then you look to guys, uh, my favorite play probably in this game in terms of value is Mike Napoli, assuming he's in the lineup, Hanley Ramirez, Mookie Betts, Victorino, Pedroia, and Craig are all worth consideration if they're in the lineup. Then looking at the other side, um, obviously, as you said, we're looking at the lefties as Masterson has been absolutely torched, you know, even worse so than Chen uh, against the righties. So Chris Davis, Deaza, Snyder, all threats to go deep in this one. It's what's amazing about this is in uh, the city of Boston, I was reading some of the uh, uh, sites and message boards. They want David Ortiz to stop playing first base uh, so they can get Rosny Castillo at DH, and uh, uh, they want to put Mike Napoli out to pasture. They don't think that uh, curing his sleep over the uh, winter was the cure to Mike Napoli being great again. Well, Napoli is what he is. I think he's a guy you want to use against lefties, and I think he should and would hold a spot in most American League teams. I understand the excitement around Rusny Castillo, but right now Boston has a ton of guys for the outfield. they got a ton of guys for DH. Uh, You know, they could look to move him, or uh, I don't think they're going to, you know, DFA him or anything like that. But if if they're looking to move a guy, maybe he's included in the package. But I think he, he serves a nice little purpose. He hammers, hammers, hammers lefties. Do you think that girl from ESPN would have been better off if she uh, DFA'd the parking lot attendant instead of saying all those nasty things she said to him? <laughs> Absolutely. But 
as mean as the things were, and I don't think I've ever seen said any mean things like that. You know, there are times where you lose your temper in a public setting, and you wouldn't want to be recorded either. You know, I don't think I ever called someone toothless or anything like that. But you know, my language certainly wasn't kept PG, so I kind of feel bad for her. But at the same time, you know, you kind of get a bad vibe from her as a person from that video, so you kind of don't. I've done a whole hundred and eighty degree switch on this thing. The first of all, I didn't think she should be fired. I thought that. If ESPN wanted to be effective and make this thing a total positive, they should have made her work at this tow truck place for a week. And that should have been her punishment. That would have been great. That would have been crazy. It would have been the best punishment ever. But then it comes out that if you go through Yelp and you read the places, tow truck things, it looks like these people just go and pick up cars and stuff like that that are not supposed to be getting towed. And they're doing crazy things. And all these people have had problems with them. So maybe, you know what? Maybe she's got a point. Maybe she was a little fired up. From reading the story, it looks like the car was only there two hours after uh, the place closed. I think that's a little ridiculous. Like, so you can't go to the restaurant and then, you know, grab a drink next door? Oh, man. I could go on and on about parking. I mean, in Chicago, parking is pretty much the absolute worst. They charge you up the ass just about everywhere. And literally, you'll get parking tickets if you're in a spot for five minutes past. You know, you're only allowed to park from 6 to 6. If you're there at 6.01, you'll get tickets. So I just think the towing industry as a whole is pretty fickle, and I'm just not a fan of it. So I certainly understand the frustration, and if the place is going over the top, then you know what, maybe they, they deserved some of that, and that's kind of why I feel for her just a little bit. It's Ricky Sanders, Tony Cicada, DailyRoto.com, and that's the last time we go up your ass tonight. That's a promise <laughs> from here. Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates going at it in Pittsburgh. Jake Arietta, A.J. Bernard, great, great pitchers match up here. Uh, Arietta against the Pirates, is going to be as solid as they come. Uh, but even Burnett against his Cubs lineup is definitely a play. Yeah, I was sitting here before the podcast started thinking what I what to make of Burnett because he's slightly above average against lefties for his career. Uh, his skills have been declining somewhat, but basically – I think he's he's a solid play. He's in a decent little ballpark. The problem I see here is that the Cubs hitters are actually pretty patient. You know, way more way more so than in past years. You got guys like Soler and Bryant and Rizzo who aren't swinging out of the zone and Burnett's kind of been wild, but at the same time, you know, Burnett at home has been much better for his career. He's got a high strikeout rate. Some of the Cubs, I mean, Chris Bryant included, strike out at a decent rate. So Burnett, I think, is a tournament option. I think by no means is he one of the safer plays of the day, but he does have the upside. Of the two, I'd definitely go with Arietta, who's slightly left, less tough against the lefties, but overall he's pretty good against everyone. And, you know, this Pittsburgh lineup doesn't particularly scare me, so I prefer Arietta here. Yeah, I do too, to tell you the truth. Uh, it's just on sites depending on the two-pitcher sites, what the price is for Burnett, he could come into play. In the next game, we have the New York Yankees, the Detroit Tigers, C.C. Sabathia versus Alfredo Simone. Simone is a guy that I drafted in a couple NFBC leagues in like round 30-something, and he's pitched very well this year. He's not a guy that had tons of strikeouts uh, in the past. He's not a guy that I actually thought would be any good. This total is 8.5, and the worst thing in this game is C.C. Sabathia gets a good park to pitch in, in Detroit. But Detroit 
got to pitch again, play against the lefty today already. So they're all warmed up and ready to go. You're going to roll out your Raja Davis. You're going to roll out your Victor Martinez. You're going to roll out your Miguel Cabrera. And i got a feeling they're going to put a pounding on CC Sabathia. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're considering CC Sabathia tomorrow, look at Quintana Jose from today, who absolutely <laughs> took a beat down from them. And, you know, while Comerica isn't a great park to hit the ball out of, it is a big gaps park, and we know Miguel Cabrera and some of the hitters live in those gaps. You know, I don't think CeCe Sabathia is anywhere near he used to be. Uh, we're talking about a guy who has really declined recently. He doesn't throw the ball nearly as hard, and, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities from yesterday's game to the game here, and I think he could take an absolute beating. Uh, the, Simon's another one that's a little tough to judge because the the Yankee lineup is strikeout prone, but he doesn't really strike guys out. So I don't think I really love him either. Uh, obviously, you like him playing at home, and you think there is the win potential, so maybe he's a cash option. But I actually like some of the hitters on uh, the Yankees as well, A-Rod, Teixeira, and maybe McCann if you can't find another catcher. But I think you know at 8.5 with the over-under, not all the runs are going to come from just Detroit, even though I think Detroit's going to destroy Sabathia. I think you'll get offense from both sides. I got to ask you a question. I listen to a lot of podcasts of guys trying to know their daily fantasy sports. They're not quite there yet, and when they generally don't know what they're talking about, one of the terms they use is uh, he's got more upside. And I hear other guys say uh, the floor. It, he has a lower floor. So I got to ask you: when you're looking for a woman to spend the rest of your life with, do you find the woman with the highest ceiling or the lowest floor? The lowest floor, for sure. I mean, you don't, you don't want to go with the. Yeah. The upside is nice in terms of women, but you know, if you if she's all of a sudden an alcoholic or something like that, and the downside is anytime anytime she gets you know she takes a few shots, she becomes a, a psycho. Then you want to you know you you want stable. I like stable, and so life is a cash game, and I'd play it that way. You know what's crazy about that, right? I'm I'm going to summarize this and say a lot of men generally go out to a bar on Friday, Saturday nights and hope to meet a drunk woman, right? But then when it's an alcoholic, it becomes a problem. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The, the, <laughs> exactly. You want to meet her on a good occasion, but once you know once things start going well, you want her to start, I don't know about drinking less, but just avoid those those nights where she really goes overboard. It's uh, <laughs> Ricky Sanders, Tony Sakata, DailyRoto.com. Break it down. Monday's action, April 20th. you got the Cincinnati Reds, Milwaukee Brewers, Anthony DiScalfini going, Willie Peralta. Peralta's a guy I like coming into the season. This is an offensive ballpark, and I'm surprised the total's only 7.5 to tell you in this, this game. Yeah, I think that Peralta has a pretty decent matchup. I mean, lefties are, are kind of his kryptonite. And the ones to look at are Joey Votto, who I actually think, talking about guys with a with a high floor, I think he gets on base a few times tomorrow night, and, and Jay Bruce. But besides that, you know, the matchup's pretty decent for Peralta. But in terms of pitchers that I like in this game, I think Di Scalfani is one of the you know lower-priced pitchers of the night that I'm going to be using just about everywhere. I think that this Brewer lineup's only homered. I think they're last in, in the majors still, assuming uh, nothing changed today. They're last in homers. Their offense has been, you know, mediocre in terms of runs scored. And I think Di Scalfani has proven to be a pretty good pitcher. Uh, I don't care that he's on the road, or 
yeah, I don't care that he's in uh, Miller Park. So I like him. Like him. And then you get Minnesota Twins at the Kansas City Royals. Now, I got listed here Kyle Gibson and Edison Volquez. I'm pretty sure Kyle Gibson got in one of the games this weekend, so uh, we'll have to check that out uh, tomorrow. But Volquez against the Twins is interesting to me. If the salary's down in two-pitcher sites, he wouldn't be a uh, second pitcher I'm opposed to. And on the Kansas City Royals side, this is, you know, a couple of years ago, they were one of the poorest teams in the league. And yet you still couldn't really load up against them with a pitcher in DFS because they wouldn't strike out. Now, this year, they're only striking out 13% of the time. Yeah, exactly. And if Gibson is the start, I really do not see any upside to using him. You know, no. for that exact reason is he's not really a strikeout guy and they don't strike out. So I think the play in this game, I agree with you. I like Volquez. I didn't find any hitters that really stuck out to me on the Minnesota side. The only thing that worries me is, you know, Volquez is wild and allows base runners, but I don't think there's, you know, monster home run potential from any one single person in their lineup. The ones I like in this one are the lefties against Gibson, assuming, you know, I didn't know that he was in the game this weekend, but assuming he starts, you know, in order, Hosmer, Gordon, Kendrys, Morales are my preference. Cleveland and Chicago White Sox go at it. Trevor Bauer and John Danks. Danks absolutely gets lit up by right-handed uh, pitching. And this is interesting because we've talked about this in the past. Cleveland last year uh, was the number one worst team against lefties. They get John Danks. And Trevor Bauer has been a complete stud, but a ton of walks in this small ballpark. He doesn't want to be putting guys on base. Yeah, agree with you there. It seems like the answer for Cleveland or their answer against uh excuse me against lefties has kind of been jerry sands in the five or six hole so if he's there again tomorrow he's their best option or at least one of them against lefties so i think he's someone you use in cash and i think he's got that tournament upside uh, against the lefty you know carlos santana and ryan rayburn's kind of a specialist if they get him in the lineup i don't think Danks is a pitcher worth using, you know, the eight and a half over under. I think they assume that most of the runs are going to be coming off of Danks, even though the Indians are not great against lefties. He's kind of a, he's kind of a middling lefty as it is. Uh, I do like Bauer somewhat, but as you said, he's a little wild and, uh, you know, lefties are the way to go there. I think Adam LaRoche is number one as he was a value play for me today. And I also think Adam Eaton hitting at the top of the order, you know, with, the ability to get on base makes for a pretty good cash option. San Diego and Colorado. We're going back to Colorado. Nine and a half total here. Uh, De La Rosa versus Despagne. De La Rosa, now uh, Justin Upton missed today's game with an injury. Uh, he would be a great option if he is healthy to go. Matt Kemp's going to be an option uh, in this one. And a lot of the bats in the San Diego lineup uh, will be ready to go. I've been really impressed by Will Middlebrooks to start the year. Uh, two home runs this weekend. Yeah, I think if you're trying to go cheap at pitcher and stack a game, this is going to be the one to target. As I mentioned, I like the Boston game, but I really think that this game is going to be a 6-5, six, 7-6, six, 8-7 six, type of game. I mean, there's all kinds of offense. I don't think Despania is made for Coors Field. Not that anyone really is, but this is a guy without strikeout potential. He relies on you know the guys putting the ball in play. And the guys putting the ball in play are likely to put the ball over the fence. So, I mean, basically, just go down the list of Colorado hitters, and I like them. Rosario sticks out to me. Tulowitzki sticks out to me. Arenado, if they get Stubbs in the lineup, Gonzalez Blackman, I think, 
you know, you can go with a true, true Colorado stack tomorrow. I also agree with you. Do not sleep on the righties uh, for the Padres because they're going to be hitting the ball out. Jorge De La Rosa is a very mediocre pitcher, and he's a lefty. You know, Upton, Kemp, Alonzo, Myers, any of them can hit the ball out. So I want guys from this game. You know, that's the reason I'm probably going to go with a, a Di Scalfani or one of the, the middle-tier pitchers because I want hitters from this game. It's going to be interesting to see who plays if Upton's out because Will Venerable is the guy to fill in, but it'll be lefty on lefty there. Uh, so it could be some interesting matchup there. Yeah, I know Alonzo's been hitting well, uh, but you see uh, Salate get the opportunity to start at first base today and go deep in that game. Yeah, and I think if Salarte got the start, I would probably like to go elsewhere. I'd maybe go with an Adam Lind in that case, but there's plenty of bats you know, to find in this game otherwise. Then you have Oakland and Los Angeles going at it. Eight, Kendall Graveman, Matt Shoemaker. Graveman get crushed the first game and then pitched really well the second game. Uh, Matt Shoemaker was all over the place the first game, but he's going to be a quality pitcher. The Oakland team, though, in a lot of the offensive statistics are right there in the lead in Major League Baseball. Yeah, the problem with the Oakland team is, you know, they, not a lot of them hit the ball out of the ballpark, but they don't strike out either. So it's it's an interesting matchup for Shoemaker. You know, it kind of, I think their lineup limits his potential, but obviously the ballpark is favorable in Anaheim. Lefties have the better shot, but after looking at it, you know, none of them really truly stick out as a guy in tournaments who I think is a shot to hit a home run. Uh, I don't love Graveman as a pitcher. You know, I was looking at his minor league numbers. There's There's really a limited – sample on him in, in the bigs, but he's not a big strikeout guy, so you've got to figure a lot of the Anaheim bats are going to you know, hit the ball, so we're looking at guys like Trout and Pujols, who when they put the ball in play can do big things with it, and I actually think you know, a contact guy like David Freeze is worth a shot in this one. David Freeze. Now, uh, I, how do you feel about Ben Affleck as the new Batman? You know, I haven't kept up with Batman for about four Batmen. It's, you know, I think the last one I saw was Danny DeVito as the Joker. Actually, that's not true. I did see The Dark Knight, but that was the first one in a long time. Uh, and then what did you think about Tim Tebow today being announced that he'll be signed by the Philadelphia Eagles tomorrow? <laughs> you know what's funny is I have Tebow muted on TweetDeck because I got so sick of him, so I had to find out from a text. And that apparently, you know, I was on a group text and like, oh, yeah, that was news hours ago. And because I had it muted, I, I, I didn't even know. But I, I, I don't know what to make of it. He's back with Mark Sanchez, so there's that aspect to it. But I, I just don't think he's an NFL player. So he can land wherever, go to the preseason. But he's proven before that he's just not very good. Can he get better? Don't you think he's been practicing? <laughs> I, I guess, but you know, most of his practicing has come behind the desk at ESPN. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, you, I guess you could never count a guy like that out. You, I loved him in college. You know, the will to win, one of those guys. But I, I just don't think he's he's an NFL player. I mean, he's got to be as good as EJ Manuel. Well, that's pretty. That's a low bar, and, and EJ Manuel was a guy. Oh, well, he's still a got a job. But he's still got a job. Yeah, well, there was a guy with a pedigree. I think people have kind of given up on Tebow's pedigree at this point. Uh, how can you give up on Tim Tebow? Like, he's everything right in the world. Like, there are so many people. Like, we we can't be complaining about, like, the Josh Gordons of the world and then dissing Tim Tebow. 
Oh, I agree with you. I mean, you you got to love a guy. It's not his fault that he's overplayed in the media by any means. You know, he's just trying to go about what he does, do what he do, do what he does in the right way. So obviously, you can't get mad at him in that standpoint. And I'm not saying I'm rooting against him, but I mean, I'm pretty sure Sam Bradford's the starting quarterback on that team after making the deal for him. You know who I think the worst man in sports is these days, and it's always changing. But over the last week or two. Who is the worst guy in sports? Who? Adi Moreno, the owner of the Angels. <laughs> Why is that? I, I can't believe how baffling the handling of this whole Josh Hamilton situation has been. Like, sometimes aren't you just better to keep your mouth shut? Like, That's right. the Angels have done a better job of basically coming out with a guy that has a, a, a drug and alcohol problem that's getting divorced from his wife and kicking him while he's down. And you've got to think that Adi Moreno, a guy that did all he could, he got killed and chastised for years for not spending any money, and then he went crazy, and he signed Albert Pujols for too much money, Josh Hamilton for too much money, and now all of a sudden he wants $2 back for every nickel, and his claim to fame of making the fans happy was lowering the beer prices. That was his move when he became the owner of the Angels. And then I just saw, like, the worst, like, sometimes I'm baffled. Like, some of these owners are all very, very rich to get these teams, and they've been very successful, and they make some of the dumbest moves I've ever seen. Like, how hard would it have been to say nothing? <laughs> well, it sounds to me like a daily fantasy owner that's on tilt, you know, one who's who's losing money slowly, 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 and then all of a sudden one day you put the big money in, you know, in a slate that you have a lot of faith in, a.k.a. the Josh Hamilton, and then midway through the slate you realize your guys are doing nothing and you just go on tilt, so you act you act irrationally, you complain on Twitter, you do the whole thing, and that kind of seems like what he's doing here is he finally spent the money and now he's on tilt that it didn't work out. And guess what? Every contract doesn't work out in the major leagues. So I agree with you. Be quiet. Work on bringing up the next round of players to the majors and shut up. It is so crazy that Josh Hamilton uh, is going through that because you know it, it's you know it's one thing to think he doesn't fulfill his contract, but you sign the contract. You, you, <laughs> let's let's just go with the facts here. He had all these problems before he signed the contract. To think that it could possibly happen had to be in the back of somebody's mind. Oh yeah, it would have been lazy if they didn't consider that in it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was right out there, and you sign him, and you think you can make him better, and a few, you know, time passes, and it turns out, guess what? You made a gamble, and it didn't pay off, and it happens. So all, I think yeah, you should I, just accept it for that. I hope Adi Moreno's kids never went to community college. I can't imagine <laughs> the wrath they would have got. <laughs> Houston Astros and Seattle Mariners go at it. We got Asher Wojciechowski back at the helm and, and Iwakuma uh, going at it in this one, seven and a half total. You know, <laughs> Seattle used to be a big uh, pitcher's park. Based on what we saw today, I don't know. It was 21 points put up there. <laughs> well, Nelson Cruz is definitely uh, a force to be reckoned with at this point, and I think he's he's kind of the one-man wrecking crew scoring, you know, the reason for – most of the runs. I don't think tomorrow is going to be such a such a you know slugfest as it was today. I think Iwakuma is actually one of my favorite pitchers tomorrow, if not you know the top overall play on the slate because he's pitching at home. 
Uh, he's got a higher K rate against righties for his career, and this is a good team to go against, you know, to try and strike out the righties because the righties will strike out. Uh, so I like the ballpark. I like the pitching skills. I think he had one bad outing and you know earlier in the year and, and he's gonna be just fine. We've seen Iwakuma before. You know, there's a limited book on Wojciechowski, but another guy where you kinda of look at his numbers and he's he's average, that's what he is. And if Nelson Cruz stays hot and the lineup stays hot, you know, they could they could blow him out in this one. He's Ricky Sanders, Tony Scott at Daily Roto Podcast. You get it Monday through Friday right here at dailyroto.com. Ricky, what do you got going on in the what do you got going on the site? Any big articles this week? Yeah, so after the games are done tonight in the NBA, I'm going to be analyzing what the rotations looked like in the first few games, see if we can get any advantages out of them. I would guess that Kelly Olynyk will be included in this article as he played some big minutes today, even though he didn't put up the big rebound totals. I think I'll be using him later in this series. Uh, then coming up, I'll be doing some baseball picks middle of the week. Um, I'll be doing some NBA picks, I think, probably at the next weekend, probably Friday night out, Saturday morning. And I'm not sure which sport I'll be reviewing yet in terms of, of daily, probably baseball. I'll look at the night slate, see what, what guys produced, what guys didn't, why they did, why they didn't, and try and analyze that and give us an advantage for the following day. Wow, so uh, the game is already over tonight. Adam Wainwright went eight innings, four strikeouts, let up one run, got the W. I was sweating out a victory tonight where uh, now I'm not sure. He needed 22 points over DraftKings. I was in first place in the tournament. He's got pretty damn close to that, so uh, we'll have to check that one out. Uh, I know we started off the game with a Matt Coppinger home run uh, there, but uh, great pitching in the big Monday uh, Sunday night game. Yeah, it was a sweat day for me, too. And go heading into the Texas-Seattle game on DraftKings, I had multiple lineups pushing 130 with James Paxton. And it started off so well. You know, I loved Paxton, the lefty against the lefty, the team full lefty, you know, Rangers. Hector Santiago had just thrown a good game against them, so I thought he was pretty much a lock. There was an error that just started a big rally, and he fell apart, and it was quite the, you know, quite the sweat for a little, but didn't work out. But I'm, I'm hoping I, yours worked out better than mine did. Yes, I hung on by four points. So uh, a, a tournament win over DraftKings, a tournament win over FanDuel, it was a good night tonight in Daily Fantasy Baseball. We hope everybody else has a great night. And uh, my night was fueled by Nelson Cruz and, of course, uh, pitching by Brandon McCarthy. Uh, Steven Strasburg, as we talked about on the show today, a lot of people had given up on. Yeah, I thought it was a great night to go back to the well with him. You know, Philly offense wasn't great, and he's still Steven Strasburg guy with over 200 strikeouts, over a 10K per nine, you know, all of last year. So I thought the strikeout potential was there, and he showed up in a big way. There you go. Ricky Sanders, Tony Scott, Daily Roto Podcast. Ricky, thanks for joining us tonight. It was quick and easy, Ricky. We just blew it out of the park like we've been doing this before. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like we've practiced or something. Yes, and we got towing uh, done, we got midgets done, and we also uh, fit in Adi Moreno. So I think we covered everything that everybody could ever want in a podcast. Yeah, we nailed all the items on our agenda. All right, there you go. Everybody, take it easy on a Monday. Get excited. Make sure you get those lineups in by 11 a.m. Eastern. Daily Roto Podcast. It's Ricky and Tony, and we're out of here.